I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, James Vickers. I write for a Preston North End fan blog, which is at Deepdale Digest. And I also uh, was starting a podcast with Deepdale Digest as well in the next week or so. So definitely check that out. Hello, this is Benjamin Bloom for the Blue Monday podcast and Ipswich Town supporter. Hi, I'm Ron Miles and I write for tightsmad.co.uk. Cheers for joining me, guys. Um, We'll start with making the rounds where sort of each of you can have a couple of minutes just to discuss what's gone on at your clubs this week. Obviously, with it being the first round of the League Cup, um, it's been sort of a double game week. So we'll start with you, Ben, talking about Ipswich. Um, You had a good 2-0 win um, against Luton, and then obviously you brought that form into yesterday's game against Barnsley. So why don't you tell us how your week's gone? Well, our week has been absolutely lovely. I might actually say for this podcast that you refer to us as unbeaten Ipswich or something like that, because 15 years of this, I'm going to enjoy the fact that we've actually won a few games for once before it all inevitably deteriorates through the end of the season. But let's be optimistic now. So um, off the back of the first weekend of the season, which was a 1-0 win over Birmingham, Martin Waghorn was signed from Glasgow Rangers for undisclosed, it's always undisclosed with Ipswich, but (laughs) over a million pounds apparently. So um, you'll have heard me ranting and raving on Transfer Deadline Days past on this podcast about Marcus Evans and his lack of backing for Mick McCarthy. Well, we've signed Joe Garner, we've signed Emir Hughes and we've signed Waghorn all for... Um, over a million pounds. Um, we have Bursant Salina on loan from Man City, who's probably getting paid a tidy penny in wages. Uh, Spence came in on a free Addy Amy came in. So there's been some investment, and Waghorn was a, a surprise, the fourth kind of forward in there. So we go to Luton. Um, this fixture has killed us in the past couple of seasons. He's put out reserve teams, and it's kind of knocked the momentum of the first game. But... It was about five or six um, kind of changes and maybe uh, you, you kind of B squad rather than your absolute youngsters. But yeah, went to Luton and a nice 2-0 win. And the biggest, most newsworthy thing of that was David McGoldrick started his first game, scored two goals. Obviously, McGoldrick, somewhat of a kind of mercurial talent who's um, not really ever quite lived up to his potential so we're hoping he can stay fit this season and two goals in the first game is great we got our first glimpse of Selena he provided the assist for the first one so very solid against Luton and then we go to Barnsley yesterday they (laughs) absolutely dominate us for the first 15 minutes take the lead we have a all right 10 minute spell then Barnsley should go 2-0 up on half time but Bielkowski makes a great double save and then 
Super Mick McCarthy is now a tactical genius. Double sub at halftime. Both subs score. McGoldrick and new signing. Waghorn and it's three wins on the trot. And um, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy it. Sue me. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned that uh, you want to refer to yourself as uh, unbeaten Luton. Uh, Preston, we haven't conceded yet in the league, so I'll uh, I'll be getting onto that and you can uh, <laughs> sort of make up your own title, sort of what you will. Um, I just wanted to ask you quickly, obviously you've signed Joe Garner from Rangers, who him and Jermaine Beckford for us more or less single-handedly got us promoted from League One and he's a big crowd favourite. Um, how's he settled in so far? I noticed he scored in the first game, but sort of apart from that, has he looked like the player that, that Preston had before he went up to Rangers? Well, he's looked, he's looked great, yeah. Um, we've been a bit sort of light up front since uh, Murphy went off to Newcastle. I think the thing that people are going to like about him is he just seems horrible to play against. Um, I'm sure Rob will back me up on this, that him and McDonald had a right old um, for 25 minutes. You know, Garner was trying to wind him up and all this. And I think it kind of gets the crowd up and it gets the teammates, you know, going, look, we're going to fight you. Um, I think for his height, he really uh, punches above his weight in the air, which is good. His passing seems good. Um, I know he's not. I know he's not a goal every other game striker. It's going to be a goal every three to four games. But if we've got four forwards in and he's going to be softening up teams and winning stuff in the air, then looks like a, a really good addition and the sort of player that you'd want on your team rather than playing against you. Yeah, it's exactly how I'd sum him up when he played for us. He was one of those players where, similar to, say, like a Gary Neville for Man United, if you have him in your team, you absolutely love him. But as soon as you come up against him, you think he's a horrible player. Sort of, You can see why the fans from sort of opposing teams just genuinely can't stand him. Um, <laughs> so if he, uh, if he performs like that for you this season, you've got a real player on your hands there. Um, we'll get the other side of or the other perspective from the game now uh, from Rob. Obviously, Barnsley were on the end of the defeat. Um, sort of losing 2-1 to Ipswich. But you also had the game in midweek against Morecambe as well, which finished 4-3. Uh, talk us through your week and, and how's it gone? Um, probably as I expected. Um, it's been a difficult summer. Uh, we've signed players from Forest Green Rovers, Accrington Stanley, um, Luton Town. Um, a bit disappointed. I think, I mean, Ipswich Town have always got a place in... Barnsley Football Club history, they were the first club to break my heart at Wembley in the year 2000 in the playoff final. Um, and since then they've had Mick McCarthy as manager. Um, I thought we played well first first half really, we took the lead, which which we've got a habit of doing at home and then not holding it. Second half they bring on McGoldrick and um, Waghorn and it changed the game. Um, it's been a difficult week for us. I think it's going to be a difficult season. We've lost very, very good players um, last six months or so. We know for a hand. Um, we've, we've not really replaced them. So I think we finished 14th last season. If we can finish fourth bottom this season, I think I'll be I'll be delighted because it's it's going to be a very very tough year for us. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you about that. Obviously, you lost, as you said, Hurrahan and um, and Winnell, sort of two attacking players for you last season. Yeah. As the season started, you seem to be scoring goals, but it seems to be sort of at the other end. I was having a look, and 
I think you conceded seven goals in your first three games. Yeah. Obviously, is that an area that you're, you're hoping to strengthen in sort of the last few weeks of the transfer window? Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a couple to come back. We've got um, Liam Lindsay to come in, who everyone's raving about because he was the only non-Celtic or Aberdeen player to finish in the Scottish Premier League team of the year last season. So I think when he gets back to fitness, we might be a lot stronger, but we, it's it's difficult for us. You know, we I think we, if we would have kept those players last season, we'd have been pushing for the top six. We, we sold them because we only had a year left on the con, well, less than a year left, and we, we sort of panicked. Um, we've got a striker just coming from France who yet to make his debut. So I want to, I want to stay positive because we've still got players to come back, but it's going to be it's going to be tough this year. And I think the first the first three games have shown that. You know, I think a lot of people would have expected us to win more comfortably than four three against Morecambe in the last minute. So it's 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 going to be difficult. It's going to be a really difficult season for us. A lot more difficult than last season, I think. Yeah, fingers crossed. Sort of with it being sort of a localish game for me to get to, it's it's good sort of having those teams in the league. And one of my friends is actually a scout at Barnsley, so sort of from that aspect, I hope you can sort of turn it around and manage to stay up this season. Obviously, there's uh, there's still a long way to go with us only yeah. having two games so far. So I'm more than confident. I think there's worse teams than you in the league, um, sort of on paper at the moment. So I think Barnsley should be fine. And as you said sort of similar to, similar to last season or, or somewhere a tiny bit lower, I think will be sort of a good season for you sort of at the moment. Um, we'll move on to Reading now um, and Simeon. Obviously, you had a, a good 2-0 win against Gillingham in the League Cup um, in midweek. And then you followed that up with the team that <laughs> sort of true to form that I picked to uh, to win the league. Fuller move started sort of not the best. Uh, you had a good one-all draw with them yesterday. How How's Reading's week been? Uh, it's been a mixed week, really. Gillingham was a, it was an expected result. We weren't at our very best, but it was a rotated side with a lot of young players in it. So I'm not too fussed about um, how well we played, to be honest. Fulham was a very, very frustrating afternoon. We really should have won that. Um, Fulham being down to 10 men for 89, 90 minutes of the game. I think they had a man sent off after 32 seconds. We really needed to kill that one off. Um and we got into good positions, we had a lot of possession, um, moved the ball forward very nicely, but just couldn't get that second goal that we needed to. And then to throw the game away in the um, 85th minute, I think it was, um, Joey Vandenberg giving the ball away, and then former Reading player in Lucas Piazon nipping in and getting past the defender and getting the equaliser was a real kick in the teeth. <laughs> and then celebrating in front of our fans as well was a real uh, <laughs> bit of a... Um, adding salt into the wound. Apart from that, it's been uh, it's been okay. Transfer movement's been slow behind the scenes, but we're hoping to have Leandro Bakuna in uh, before Tuesday, hopefully before the arrival of um, Aston Villa. Yeah, you mentioned sort of, especially with the Gillingham game, that you sort of played a few young players. I think a couple of weeks ago we had you on the podcast and you mentioned that there were quite a lot of injuries to first-team players. Um, obviously you mentioned as well with transfer activity being slow, has it been more of a case of turning to the youngsters and giving them a chance sort of for the first few weeks as opposed to trying to get sort of new bodies in or have you got players coming back from injury now? Uh, we do have a few people coming in and transfer activity has been slow but it's just the, the squad at the moment just isn't big enough. Unless we bought six players in a couple of days we have to be playing 
young players um, thick and fast. We had about three debuts um, last year against Gillingham. Andy Rinham hota midfielder, Omar Richards left-back and Sam Smith up front, who were all very highly rated but hadn't played before for the first team. Uh, they did quite well, um, but they're not ones to be relied on this season, I don't think. Yeah, I think Reading, sort of, you should do well to sort of challenge for where you did last season. I think you'll be in and around the playoffs. It's just a case of, as you said, whether you can get a couple more bodies in and sort of really mount a serious push. I think you've got, obviously, Yapstan keeping hold of him in the summer. Um, very good manager, and I think he'll do well again for you this season. Um, but, yeah, moving on to Preston now. It's It's been a mixed week for Preston after getting off to a really good start at home to Sheffield Wednesday on the opening day. We had our League Cup game on Tuesday night away at Accrington Stanley, um, and we were the only championship team to actually lose in the first round, which was quite disappointing. You never want to go out of a cup competition, especially this early in the season, with in the next round now, obviously, the lower half of the Premier League teams coming in, so there's potential for a few decent games there. Um, but what was sort of surprising is Alex Neal's been talking in pre-season about having a settled squad. Um, I can't remember the exact amount, but he made several changes um, for the Accrington-Stanley game, especially in defence, where we've almost got a patch together defence at the moment with Tom Clark being injured. Obviously, we sold Bailey Wright last season. Um, we've got a few new players in there, so it's, it would have been good to sort of give that back for and the keeper sort of a settled run together for the first few games. Um, but he made the changes and... Unfortunately, we got beat 3-2. It was uh, sort of quite disappointing from a few aspects. We we got back to equalise to make it 2-all in the, uh, I think it was the 89th or 90th minute. And then straight away, even before you could sort of refresh your Twitter feed, Accrington had gone up the other end sort of a minute later and scored and won 3-2. Um, I think it'll be an eye-opener for Alex Neal. That's sort of the one positive you can take. There's, uh, there's a few sort of fringe players who we've had for the last year or so that sort of simply aren't good enough um never nice to single any of them out but Liam Grimshaw straight away comes to mind he was on loan at Chesterfield last season and sort of from what I've heard from Chesterfield fans they uh they didn't think too highly of him he, he struggled to get in the team there and I think if we want to sort of kick on now and really challenge for the playoffs which I think this season that should be the main aim we need to be sort of bringing in a bit more quality so we don't have to rely on these sort of kind of players um so, yeah, Tuesday wasn't the best. Quite disappointing to go out in that manner. Um, but then we went back to league football yesterday. We were away at Ellen Road at Leeds. Um, by all accounts, we played quite well. We sort of bossed the game in the first half. It was almost a throwback to having Simon Grayson last season. It's what you've come to expect from Preston now away from home. Solid, organised, with a little bit of quality on, on the ball, sort of able to get forward. Um, we caused Leeds quite a few problems and I was quite confident that we were going to go on and push and get that goal to to potentially win the game. But after 60 minutes, Ben Pearson, um, who got 18 yellow cards last season, picked up his second booking um, and got sent off. And that really sort of turned the tide of the game. Then we were sort of for the last half an hour holding on. Given before the game, I would have taken a point away at Leeds, uh, four points off Sheffield Wednesday and Leeds to start the season. Um, I would have bit your hand off if you'd have offered me that um, sort of the week before the season started. But seeing how well we played and up until that, it's, it almost feels like a defeat knowing that we, we had the game and we sort of almost threw it away and had to hold on for a draw in the end. 
Um, going forward again, I thought we were fantastic. Um, Josh Harrop's come into the side now, the lad that we signed on a free from Man United. Uh, and he came on for the last 20 minutes and looked fantastic. So I think if we can keep him fit, because he's had a few sort of nagging injuries over pre-season, which hasn't seen him play too much, um, he's going to be a really good addition. Um, the one question mark, obviously, Ben Pearson getting sent off. He's going to miss the next game. Um and then picking up 18 yellow cards last season, I think the coaching staff need to sit down and have a word with him. And obviously you don't want to change his temperament too much in games because he's one of those players similar to like a Roy Keane who's physical, he's a presence in midfield, which is exactly what you need in the championship. But it's it's finding that line between being reckless and, and costing your team and sort of being, being a physical player. So I think if he can get that sort of under control obviously he's still only a young lad and it's only his sort of second and a half season in in sort of first team football coming from uh, Man United and he was on loan at Barnsley as well and I think if we can sort of channel that aggression in the right way um, he'll be a fantastic player for us he's already a favourite with the fans and so definitely he uh, he should be sort of calming himself down and focusing on his football Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So with that, um, we'll move on to our first topic today. Um, we've kind of touched on it a little bit over the past sort of couple of weeks, but I just wanted, now that the season's a couple of games in, obviously most teams have got sort of settled, you'd say like your match day squad now. I just wanted to go for each of you and, Talk a bit about who you think is going to be your standout player this season, who's going to be the one who attracts the most headlines. It could be sort of a forward for obviously goal-scoring reasons or similar to as we saw at Leeds last season, a player like Pontus Janssen at the back. Um, we'll start with you first, Benjamin. Um, who do you think is going to be Ipswich's standout player for this season? Um, good question. The player of the year the past two years has been Bielkowski, the goalkeeper, but I think that maybe just says a little bit more about the way the team's been playing you know if you I've never seen a goalkeeper win man of the match in which um his team's played a good attacking game do you know what I mean we haven't played a good attacking game for um a good couple of seasons now um he'll be um he'll be kind of valuable Bielkowski I don't know whether anyone will take him before 31st of August, hopefully not. He seems very settled with his um, family in Ipswich and he makes all the right noises about staying. Um, otherwise, um, it's very kind of Mick McCarthy type, um, uh, the kind of the sum of the parts being greater than 
an individual. Obviously, Chambers will play and be captain all the time. We'd like to see um, some of the youngsters step forward, although Kenlock didn't have his best game ever yesterday. Um, Talking about the forwards like we did, I don't see any of our forwards getting 15, 20 goals, but I could see either three or hopefully four of them getting between eight and 12, say. So I think the goals might be shared out. Don't get me wrong, it'd be great if one of them did, but I think they're looking at more a kind of rotating forward line there. I guess the one we've got high hopes for, but don't really want to um, put too much pressure on him, is Flynn Downs, who's a centre midfielder. He's 18. Um, He played most of pre-season, apparently trained with the first team um, for a lot of last season. And and he's come in and he's just one of these young players where they come in and they already look like they've played 100 games. You know, it doesn't look like a stretch for them to be playing. So, obviously, a guy like that... um, we don't want him to follow the Kevin Beatty, Kieran Dyer um, kind of example of playing 60 games in a season when he's 18 and then being, you know, injury plagued for the rest of his life. But um, we've got quite high hopes for him. And then there's just um, players that tick us over, people like um, Grant Ward, Carl Skews. They'll, you know, they'll be good players for us, but you know, other teams aren't going to be coming in with big bids for them. The unknown quantity is obviously Bursan, Selina, on loan from Man City. We've seen one game from him at Luton. He did lots of stepovers and accelerated very quickly. So um, we obviously had the example of Tom Lawrence last year where we had this borrowed Premier League player who carried the team at times. So I would say, if I can say three Bielkowski, the goalkeeper, Downs for potential in centre midfield, and hopefully the X-factor of Selina on loan from Manchester City. So I'll, I'll hedge and give you three. <laughs> yeah, it's always better to hedge your bets and, uh, and go with a few. Better chance Especially where Rich right is concerned, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, the same question to you, Rob. Um, who do you think are going to be Barnsley's sort of standout players this season? Is there going to be anyone in particular, or similar to Benjamin said, is there going to be sort of a few that people should keep an eye on? Um, well, I think, first of all, probably anyone we keep past January would be um, uh, one of the better players for us. Uh, I think it's quite interesting, you know, listening to you two there, like, listening about Ben Pearson and Bilikovsky, who are both key players for both your teams, both used to play for us. Um, I think once fit Lloyd Isgrove has the potential to be a key player, he was when we got promoted back in 2016, uh, when we had him on loan from Southampton, and he probably in the playoffs got us got us promoted, really. Um, I think Tom Bradshaw's started very well this season. Uh, there's quite a few question marks over him in the summer. We didn't think his last season, he didn't really look like a championship player, but he scored three goals already. Um, but I think, I mean, anyone that is any good for us, we need to keep past January, really, because last season that absolutely killed us. January killed us, and it's it's still a sore point for, for a lot of fans because we were seventh when we when we saw the um, the crown jewel, so to speak. Um, looking for the squad, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. We've signed 13 new players in the summer, so it's it's quite difficult to to pick out any others. You've, like, I said, like I said before, you've got the likes of Liam Lindsay, who's come from Scotland and was very good. Um, if we keep Andy Yidem, um, he's 
We had a bit accepted from Huddersfield last week, which apparently was having medical yesterday, but it fell through. So if he gets his head back in the game, he could be a key player for us. But um, if I had to pick one out of the whole bunch, I'd probably say Iskro won't fit because at least he's he's proven to us in the past that um, that he can change a game when he's on his form. Yeah, and uh, the same question to you, really, Simeon. Is there going to be sort of a standout player in Reading's team this season, or is it going to be sort of a collection of players? I'd imagine it would be a collection of players um, in the same way that it was last year, um, because we don't have a lot of money to spend on one really good player. We don't tend to have uh, uh, particular standouts. But going back to what I said about the academy earlier, about having a lot of young players coming through, one really good academy product we've had over the last couple of years has been Liam Kelly who really impressed um, in the academy last couple of years and then did really well in his debut season last year um, scored two goals against Gillingham on Tuesday got another one on Tuesday uh, on uh, Saturday sorry against um, Fulham and he's looking like a really big talent for the future he's still very young um, but he fits Sam's playing style very well he's very good on the ball he's very good pass he's very intelligent he's kind of that Iniesta kind of intelligent pass and move always looking for space always looking for the right pass and uh, Tuesday and Saturday showed that he's got a knife for goal as well so if he can build on that then I'm sure I speak for a lot of Reading fans in saying that he'll have a really good season this year and then hopefully some really good ones after that yeah and sort of finishing off with Preston I think the key for us is going to be sort of holding on quite a lot of our players that I would tip um, sort of to stand out this season have been linked with moves away. We've had Callum Robinson has been attracting interest from Derby. They've already had a bid, I think, of two and a half million ten down and sort of rumour is that they're going to come in with another offer. Um, Jordan Hugill, another one that I'd sort of point out, he uh, he started the season quite well. He um, has been attracting interest from obviously Grayson up at Sunderland who's worked with him in the past and I think Harry Redknapp at Birmingham as well has um, sort of had a few things to say about him in sort of press conferences as well. Um, so those two, it'll be sort of key for us holding on to them. Um, I think the one standout that has been mentioned, but not many people, because obviously he's been injured over pre-season, I think will be um, Josh Harrop. The games that we have seen him in, he's looked really good. Um, he can play just behind the striker or out wide. He obviously coming from Man United, you know, sort of the type of player that you're going to get um, and I think if we can keep him fit and integrate him into the side playing sort of potentially just behind Hugill or possibly Maguire um, depending on obviously what Alex Neal wants up front if he wants the sort of the strength of Hugill or the, the pace and running in behind him Maguire uh, I think Harrop can sort of depending on who he's playing with really flourish in that role and be be quite a key player for us um, the other one who we've brought in over the last week um We've signed a young lad off Arsenal called Steffi Mavididi. Um, sort of hadn't heard of him before, um, but seeing clips of him, uh, although it is dangerous just to go off sort of what you see on YouTube, uh, he looks re- sort of a really sort of exciting, fast player. Um, sort of almost in the same mould as like a Lukaku, you know, that, that powerful striker has also got a yard of pace on him as well. Um, we saw that with him today playing for United against West Ham, uh, exactly what he can do. Um, and it's been the first year, sort of, apart from maybe when we had Beckford and Garner, that we've really had some 
sort of exciting options up front. Um, all the players we've got are, are really young. I think Hugill's just turned 25, but the rest of the lads sort of below that uh, for wingers and strikers are all sort of early 20s. Um, obviously, you would like to have that experience, but I think having a team sort of that attacks with no fear almost and then a bit of experience at the back um sort of as we've seen sort of over the first two league games we're playing some really exciting football and i think it's only a matter of time before the goals come um so yeah definitely they'd be sort of the couple of players that i'd, I'd pick to be to be standouts for us this season hugill harrop and and potentially mavididi once he uh, gets a run of games and, and gets into the squad um the next thing i wanted to talk about it it was kind of highlighted yesterday. Obviously, Preston were away at Leeds. Um, a ticket on the day yesterday um, for an away fan at Ellen Road, Alex Neal brought it up in his press conference, was £44 for an adult, which when Leeds come and play Preston later in the season at Deepdale, um, exactly the same game will be £24 for adults. Um, obviously, it's been a big issue over the last few years, ticket prices and and with obviously the money sort of dripping down now from the Premier League into the uh, into the Championship, I think sort of clubs should be doing more to sort of encourage fans to come in through the doors and and you know lowering ticket prices and making it affordable for all. Um, I'll sort of set you off on this. Um, no particular order. If you would sort of want to have a chat and uh, sort of discuss your opinions on it, um, sort of feel free. Um, I'll come in first. Sorry, this is Ben. Um... Ipswich, um, although it's a bit of pot calling Kettle Black because we've been criticised as one of the expensive ones, have actually taken on this £25 um, where you agree it with the away club. And I think 12 clubs have agreed to it. So I think that's a good start because I think um, 25 quid is, you know, that's that's reasonable, isn't it? Um, what I will say, though, is QPR, who've refused it, have said, well, it's kind of irrelevant because um, we can't match our running costs. We've got a smaller stadium. It's in it's in Shepherd's Bush. We can't do the 25 quid thing. Obviously, if anyone's seen the QPR documentary from a few years ago, then, you know, might have a bit of a different view on their spending. But um, I don't really know if you can fix the prices. I think the 25 quid um, is a good way to go. But I would suggest that... Um, 44 is too much. I think I paid £25 to get in at Barnsley yesterday, which is perfectly reasonable. So um, I'll I'll give the floor up after that. Uh, yeah, uh, Rob here. Um, we we have a category system at Oakwell, um, like category A, B, C, D. And I know, I'm not, not sure the system this season, but last season we um, we tried to negotiate, especially with the, with the local clubs, if we could, if when their fans came to us, we would charge the same as if, if their fans came to us, and um, I know certainly Sheffield clubs refused. So I think they charged us over about thirty-five, thirty-five to thirty-eight pound to go to their ground. So we charged similar when they came to us, and I know when it came to them coming to us, they, their fans were kicking off like on Twitter and that. But we've tried to sort of negotiate and say, well, if you if you charge us a lower price, we'll we'll charge vice versa. But um, I mean, forty-four pound to watch a football match is. I mean, it's absolutely scandalous. Um, you know, if you go to the theatre or the cinema, you know, at least you're paying for for some entertainment. You know, you can in football, if you're paying forty four pound, you could be paying as Lee's impressive for a nil nil draw, and it's. I think it's just got out of hand, especially with all the money coming down. There's, it's the fans that are, are suffering at the moment. 
Simeon here. I think Reading are doing very well with uh, away prices, to be honest. I think we're doing better than a lot of other teams. Um, we've got 20s plenty, which we had for all of last season, and um, managed to get that reciprocated from a couple of other clubs as well. Uh, I noticed Cardiff did it uh, when we played there, and Aston Villa did it as well. It's not easy for every other club to do that. Obviously, the financial situation is different for everyone. So, although it's... It, I do agree with everyone else that £40 is ridiculous for a championship game, but some teams rely on their ticketing income to a great extent than others. So um, if they want to be ambitious in the long term, perhaps um, having quite expensive tickets is what they need to do. Um, this is Ben. Sorry, can I just come back in on that? Uh, Ian Milne, our um, CEO guy, said that the big difference between the Championship and the Premier League is that the Premier League could actually let all the fans in for free and still pay for the policing and everything just out of the TV money. Whereas I think, like Simeon just alluded to, um, a lot of the Championship clubs are pretty reliant. I mean, you can imagine someone like Burton with only 6,000 seats. Who is who is anyone to tell Burton to reduce their prices? Do you know what I mean? They need to... Um, need to bring in as much money as possible so i think that's the big difference is the big step up in the in the tv money yeah sort of echoing similar points that you've all made there i think obviously the 44 pound is ridiculous but as you mentioned for teams like burton there's uh there's almost got to be like an exception to the rule almost um obviously preston our ground sort of most weeks unless we're sort of playing quite a big team is is only about half full um and i think sort of a more flexible sort of approach on it you know could make a difference obviously when leads come to us we're going to charge them 20 quid less for exactly the same game of football um i think as you said sort of teams agreeing amongst themselves that when you come to us you pay x amount and then obviously you replicate that when we go to you would be sort of a good way of doing it um I think just sort of going back to Preston, we um, we do have, or especially when we were down in League One, we tended to attract bigger crowds, um, which was surprising. But sort of looking into it, obviously since we've gone back up to the Championship, we've raised prices by sort of five pounds, which doesn't seem a lot, but it takes it from sort of nineteen pounds up to twenty-four, which sort of does make it sound a little more expensive. And I think sort of some fans that I spoke to on Twitter's argument is, well, if you charge say five pound less, you're going to get sort of say an extra thousand on which obviously then if you've you can't if you're Burton but say Preston where the ground holds 23,000 if you lower the prices for some games obviously in like a category system um those extra funds that you get on for cheaper tickets almost makes up that cost of if you have less fans on with more expensive tickets so I don't think there's a right and wrong answer but obviously 44 quid is uh, far too much to be paying so something sort of needs to be looked at that um, the next thing I wanted to talk about today, it's, it's more of an off-field thing, and it doesn't particularly sort of relate to the championship, although there has been sort of instances in the past. Um, we've seen it quite a lot this season, especially, um, obviously, with the, the Coutinho to Barcelona and Usman Dembele from Dortmund of, of players sort of not wanting to... I say that, not wanting to honour contracts, but going about it the wrong way, trying to force a move through. So 
anyone who didn't know, Dembele for Dortmund has uh, not been answering his phone, not turning up to training, and has almost gone on strike trying to force a move through. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this, and is is it something that clubs should be doing more of to to make players on their contract, or is there sort of a different sort of way that clubs can go about it in in regards to contracts? And obviously. Nowadays, it's very rare that a player does fulfil their their entire contract. Um, we'll start with you, Benjamin. Sort of, what's your view on it? Um, well, first of all, I'll say I'm very interested to hear the Barnsley perspective on this after the last year. Probably going to be um, more um, kind of more insight than the rest of us. But um, I think there's just there's just there's no hard and fast rule about it. The I guess the people running the clubs just at all points have to try and do what's best for the club. And I mean, a case in point, our captain, Luke Chambers, last year was um, linked with Nottingham Forest around transfer deadline day. And Chambers had signed a contract which allowed the club to take an option on him at the end of the season. And there was a few fans saying, look, just give him the new contract. You're going to give it to him. And um, the club came back and said, look, it's this is business. Um, Chambers is well paid and he signed this deal. We've got the option. We will take it at the end of the season. So I think you just have to be pragmatic. With regards to um, players, I guess the most important thing is um, signing the most watertight contract and being prudent in that business and not kowtowing to agents and you know giving out stupid um, kind of deals that allow players this type of um, this type of power so I guess longer contracts I guess options um, but if there's a point where a player is going to go on strike and the whole world knows they're going to go on strike then you know the bidding clubs then going to say oh well we've just dropped our bid by a million pounds or whatever because he's he's not going to play for you anyway you're going to accept it so it doesn't do anyone any good in that situation so I guess the clubs just have to do what's what's best for them and get rid of a sulky player and you know good business and good contracts will will hopefully win the day yeah the same question to you rob uh, obviously benjamin mentioned that it'll be nice to get obviously the barnsley perspective on it after the last year or so so what what would your opinions be on it um well it, we had a sort of a club question answer session in like the summer 2016 and the first the first question asked was why haven't we tied down Conor Hurrihan and Sam Winall to new contracts? And the owner said straight away, because they don't want to, we've offered them new contracts and they've said we want to wait to see what the next season holds. And um, I think in likes of Sam Winall, we got to January, Sheffield Wednesday offered him three times the wages we could offer. They offered him £18,000 a week. And he wanted to go. Um, it, it's difficult. I mean... If you look at it from a personal point of view, if someone offered you £18,000 a week, you, you know what you're doing. You'd, you'd go, it's hard for a fan because, you know, like me, I'm a Barnsley fan. If I want to stay, if I was a player playing for Barnsley, I'd stay there all my life. But Sam Winnell's not a Barnsley fan. Conor Huron's not a Barnsley fan. And it's a very short career. Um, I think if you look in the sort of the bigger pitch, like, for them, like Coutinho and Dembele and them sort of people, like Coutinho's probably happy at Liverpool, but if a club like Barcelona comes along, it's, it's a, it's a different kettle of fish, and I mean, it's for clubs like us, for Barnsley, Ipswich, Reading, Preston, it, it, it's so difficult because we want the best players to stay, but you just know if a club, 
with more finances, more ambition is going to come in, then they're probably going to leave. And then you have to rebuild again. But I think like with the likes of Hurrahan and Winall, it's I, I can't blame them. There's, there's a lot of our fans who are who are bitter about it. I mean, there's been rumours in the last couple of weeks that Winall might come back on loan, and a lot of our fans saying, no, we don't want him back because of what he does. But, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd drive for Sheffield Wednesday now and bring him back if it was, if it was up to me. You know, you, you, you can't blame them for wanting to 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 pursue that because it's a short career. They're, what, they're at the top level for, what, 10 years at the most? So you, you can't blame them for that, but... Um, it's been difficult for a club like us. You know, we've we've put them from from nowhere. Hurrahan came from Plymouth. Um, we all came from Scunthorpe. We've given them a platform. They've produced on that platform. They've gone on and, and excelled themselves. And for me, I'm, I'm probably in the minority because, like I say, a lot of Barnsley fans are happy about it. But for me, I can't blame them because they've they're doing what's best for their career, for their families, and and you know, you, you really can't blame them for that. Yeah, the same question to you, Simeon, to sort of get your views on this topic. I think building on that last point, it's easy to forget that footballers have maybe 15, 20 years, maybe a lot less if they have a really serious injury, 15, 20 years of playing football at the highest level. Um, It's a very short time um, in which to fulfil your footballing dreams and to get to the highest level you possibly want to and to earn money as much as you can because they're never going to be earning footballers wages in their later life so if a big club comes in for a Reading player and it's a effectively a once in a career opportunity although it's annoying I can't really blame them in the same way that other people have said there's a pecking order when it comes to clubs if a big club comes in for a smaller clubs player, then they've effectively got um, effectively got free reign to poach their best players, and especially with this new financial landscape that we've got, where the Premier League is so rich, and then other teams just lower down the pyramid just can't compete. It's it's hard to avoid the the upwards swing in players going to high levels. Yeah sort of again echoing your points thanks you've made some interesting points there um sort of a few examples that i've seen at preston over the last few years um both concerning bristol city actually we um obviously bailey wright one of our center backs left us in january last season to uh to go to bristol um he was quite vocal um sort of wanting the move and then when the move came about and we ended up selling him um sort of in his first interview there he kind of dismissed us and said straight away that sort of Bristol have more ambition than we do and and he's got a better chance of getting to the Premier League um, with them, which was sort of almost a kick in the teeth. He'd come up through our our youth academy um, and then it was sort of kind of of nice sort of from a a selfish point of view to see sort of uh, when he joined the sort of the slide that Bristol went on almost. Um, so there's sort of there's a right way and a wrong way of, of sort of going about it, trying to force a move through. Um, Callum Robinson was sort of similar. We we had him on loan initially from Aston Villa, fantastic for us while he was on loan, um, and then he had the option to to come back to us then for sort of the following season. Um, he turned that down and went on loan to to Bristol um, because he said again, sort of better chance of. Uh, 
of getting into the Premier League, sort of, that's where he wants to be ultimately. And I do think he's good enough, sort of, in a couple of years to definitely be playing in there. Um, that move to Bristol didn't work out um, straight away. Once he'd gone back to Villa and he was released that summer, he straight away came back to Preston. Um, there were a lot of fans when he did come back, as as um, as Rob mentioned, with Winnall that sort of were sceptical to him coming back. Um, but once he came back, he got his head down, he, he worked hard, um, and he's been absolutely fantastic for us since. And it's good now that we've got him sort of as our player. Um, the other one that I'd sort of point out, there's although nothing official's come out speaking to people in the club, Jordan Hugill has sort of had his head turned a little bit by the, the interest from Sunderland and Bristol City. And while it seems more so that it's his agent, you know, nowadays putting a, a word in his ear, trying to force a move through, um, obviously the agents will benefit from a, from a move with signing on fees and, and things like that. You wouldn't know it, um, sort of looking in at, at Hugill. He's almost like a throwback. He's a good, hard-working player. He's got, he's kept his head down. He's not sort of gone on Twitter, said anything like that. He's not, not turned up to training. He's uh, scored two goals in two starts this season. And if there is something going on behind the scenes, you, you wouldn't know it. And I think uh, sort of going back to Dembele at Dortmund, there's a right way and a wrong way of going about it. The Dembele situation is clearly the wrong way sort of not turning up for training and not answering calls and sort of almost locking himself in his house which is what he's done um and then you got Hugill who he knows there's interest there but he's, he's got his head down and he's carried on and if he carries on like he has done um there's no reason why sort of in a year two years time he can't go to a bigger team and uh sort of have a better career uh, and that's no knock on sort of Preston or support but uh, obviously there are bigger teams out there and if he carries on, he's definitely good enough to um, to play at a higher level. Um, so that brings us sort of quite nicely on to um, previews for next week's games. Obviously, we've got two games each next week. We'll start with the Tuesday night games. Um, we'll start with you, Benjamin. You're uh, away at, at Millwall, I believe. Um, sort of, how do you see that game going? Well, obviously, Millwall weren't down last year so it's two years since we've been there um always take a good follow into these london clubs i don't want to be really basic about it but obviously the lowest ranked team in the championship i think they got promoted with 73 points so um they kind of squeaked their way up through the playoffs with quite a low total um i believe they lost to forest on the opening day and had a 1-1 1-1 draw at home to Bolton. Um, if I use the most terrible football supporter logic possible, if they draw at home to Bolton, I would suggest we have a chance maybe of beating them. I don't want to get too ahead of myself and go from being a glum Ipswich fan last year to an overconfident Ipswich fan this year. But like I say, lowest ranked team. Um, got some injury problems Uh Flynn Downs went down yesterday, so we're very short on centre midfielders. Also short on centre-half, Tommy Smith and Adam Webster are both going to be out. So we think mixed back three from the first two games that started the first two games is going to become a back four with two centre-halves. be interesting to see how he lines it up. Obviously, old-fashioned two up front for Millwall with uh, Big Morrison and Gregory, uh, kind of one up, one down. Um, front two type thing. Um, looking forward to it. I've got a ticket. Um, 
I think we could sneak a win by one goal. Although that said, if we lose, we're still at two points a game for the first three games. And I'm still a happy chappy because I think it was 1.2 or something for last season. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to be smug while it's lasting. Yeah, same with you now, Rob. Um, obviously, Barnsley have got a home game against Nottingham Forest, who started quite well this season, um, which has surprised quite a few people. How do you see the game going uh, in midweek? Uh, we need to win. Um, it's nine years since we last lost as the first three league games of the season. So we need to get points on the board. I mean, we've had, <clears throat> this is back-to-back away games for us. It's I think it's now ten games since we last won at home. If we don't win on Tuesday... It'll be our worst home run ever, 11 games without a win. Um, we, we need a win. You know, just get some points on the board. I think psychologi- psychologically, get out of the bottom three. I know it's we're only in August, but if you're sat in that bottom three, you start to panic a bit. All fans do. All fans panic if you're in the bottom three after one game. So if we can, we need to... We need to try and get that win on the board. Forrest have done well. I think Mark Warburton's a, a fantastic manager. He did fantastic at Brentford. Um, you know, he got them up and then they were pushing. I think they were going to the playoffs uh, while he was in charge. So it, it's not going to be easy, but we need to win. We need to win in home games because I think we're, we're really going to struggle away from home this season. There's going to be teams that are a lot more savvy than us. We saw that Bristol City on the opening day. You know, we conceded three goals in the first half an hour. First time we've done that since 1998, I think. So a win's crucial for us, but the main thing is we we don't want to be losing because I think us and Burton this season are going to struggle. Probably going to be down there, so we need to we need to at least stay above a team like that. But we we need to win. No no doubt about it. Third game of the season, we need to win. Yeah, and coming on to you now, Simeon, it uh, seems to always be the way the teams that are tipped to uh, to do well are doing sort of quite badly and. And vice versa, Villa sort of not in the best of form. Um, you've got a home game against them in midweek. How do you uh, how do you see it going? I think it's a really good time to be playing them. To be honest, um, bad form and coming off a really bad result yesterday at Cardiff. Uh, a couple of injuries. I think Codge is out. El Mohamed is out. So it's a really good time to um, hopefully try and bounce back from the what was a really disappointing draw against Fulham and hopefully get back to winning ways. We could really use a win just to really kickstart our season. And considering that's the last of three straight home games and we go into away games at Preston and Birmingham after that, I think getting three points on the board against Aston Villa is really important. Um, Villa do have some very good players, though. So if we're not quite on our best game, then we could quite easily draw it or maybe even lose. We only lost two games at home all season. Uh, last campaign and one of them was against Villa and I think that was their first away win in about 18 months or something so <laughs> they're, they're an unlucky team to be playing at home so could go anyway Yeah and coming on to Preston now sort of similar as you said about Villa uh, Simeon we're away at Derby County obviously sort of historically a difficult place to go although we won there last season um, it's again probably the the perfect time to be playing them at the moment they started off with a one-all draw at Sunderland on the on the opening day of the season and then got beat 2-0 at home against Wolves um, this weekend so it's, it's a good time to be playing them with them out of form we haven't conceded a goal yet so hopefully that continues and we can sort of nick one on the counter-attack um, we've we've started well. Um, obviously, Ben Pearson's going to be a big miss in the centre and midfield. 
Um, and then Tom Barkusen went off injured yesterday, although I think Alex Neal said it was just cramp. So fingers crossed he'll be okay. Um, obviously, players are still finding sort of peak fitness at this time of the season. So hopefully that's nothing too serious for him. Um, and then, as I mentioned, we've got players like Harrop back now. Uh, we've got Mavadidian from Arsenal. So we've got some exciting attacking options um, the back four seems to be settled, although I still think we desperately need another centre-half. Um, we're playing Tommy Spur at centre-back at the moment, who we were using sort of as second-choice left-back last season. Um, so I think while we're doing well with that pairing of him and Huntington at the moment, I do think sort of an out-and-out centre-half with a bit of quality to, to pair up with Huntington. Um, ideally a bit of pace, because he's, uh, he's not the tallest, he's... Uh, sort of similar to a Mertesacker kind of player, good in the air, but obviously if you've got a, a quick striker bearing down on him, you do worry. Um, so I think that'll be an area to address over the last few weeks. But but yeah, sort of great time to play Derby. Um, it's a good time sort of to play anyone really at the start of the season. Um, the teams are still finding their best 11, getting fitness. So if we can carry on like we played in the first two games, um, I thought the start was going to be sort of quite tricky for us, sort of seeing the fixtures we've got. Um, I think if we get a win away at Derby um, in midweek, it'll set us up quite nicely for the the two games after which are Reading at home and then Middlesbrough away, both of which will be tricky games. So, yeah, if we can uh, go out, approach it like we have done the last few years, sort of with Grayson and now Alex Neal um, away games, same approach, be solid and organised defensively and then uh, sort of try and nick a goal. Um, I think that'll stand us in good stead. Um, but without that, we're out of time. Um, if you want to all sort of plug your Twitter handles, anything that you're involved in, uh, now will be a good time. Okay, this is Ben for the Blue Monday podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on Acast or iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, even if you're not necessarily an Ipswich fan, we do a championship roundup and all that jazz. We now have three shows per week, a review show on Monday, a history show on Wednesday, a preview show on Friday, which features um, an expert from another team. I am on Twitter at Benjamin Bloom. Follow me there. And also on YouTube, Benjamin Bloom with reviews of Ipswich games and such the like. Thank you very much. Yeah, this is Rob. Uh, if you go to barnsley-mad.co.uk, you get all my match previews, match reviews. If you want to see a team that's likely to struggle in the championship this season, and if you want to uh, follow me on Twitter, it's at 21Tyke. I'm Simeon. You can follow me on Twitter at BucksRoyal. And I also write for the Tarvis End, uh, which is a website and also a podcast, which I sometimes appear on. Yeah, and uh, as I said, I'm James. I'm the Preston North End fan on the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers. Um, I write for a deep, uh, a deep Dale, a Preston North End fan site, which is at Deep Dale Digest. Um, every Friday evening or Saturday morning, depending on when they post it, I have a preview with an opposition fan um, for the game ahead, which sort of makes for quite good reading on the train, sort of to an away game or as if you're sort of driving up to a home game. Uh, so definitely check that out. And, and over the next few weeks, we uh, we will be starting a podcast. It's uh, sort of in the planning stages now. So definitely check that out when that comes out. Um, thanks for joining me today, guys. Um, and we'll see you all next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.